Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Action Network Podcast. And this one is good. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, here for another episode of Strong Side Fridays. Joining me as always is Raheem Palmer, getting you ready for some week seven NFL action. It is the bi-week apocalypse this week. We've got six teams out and some really high wonky lines. Should be an interesting week. We will run through our best bets for the weekend, including our favorite favorite, tease me, please me. It's a trap, upset special, and we'll finish like usual with our week eight look ahead. Raheem, can you believe we are already a third of the way through the NFL season? Yeah, time is flying. Let's get on to week seven and break down these games. Yeah, well, uh, as we get to the games, remember, as always, to download the app if you haven't yet. You, especially, you got to have the app now. Now that NBA season has started as well, and Raheem and I are lighting up your app all week uh, with early line movement NFL picks, with NBA picks. My props go in there each day. Raheem's been hitting a lot of good uh, live angles during the NBA games getting his NBA betting in very early on the East Coast in the mornings. Like I know he likes to grab those early values. So get that app, turn on those notifications. Raheem and I are also on the Buckets podcast here on the Action Network. That's our NBA feed. So we are on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays on there and a fantasy episode on Monday. So be sure to be following everywhere for that as NBA gets started. But uh, yeah, it's a great, great way to make some cash during the week that we can spend and make even more cash when we get to these NFL games on Sunday. So as always, odds today are from BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. All right, let's get to our picks. And first up, it's a trap. It's a trap. So Raheem, this is our pros versus Joe's spot. What is your trappiest trap on the board this week? I think the trap is the Las Vegas Raiders. Look. I like the Philadelphia Eagles in this matchup. Everybody looked at the, the Raiders last week that they were in a bad spot losing their coach, but I think this is the real spot here. Look, the underdog is covered in every single Las Vegas Raiders game this year. I'm just not expecting it to change. Philadelphia Eagles have extended rest coming off their loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and my model actually makes this close to a pickup. When you look at these two, two teams, 
the Eagles have played the tougher schedule. They played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kansas City Chiefs, Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers. Those teams rank first, second, fourth, and 10th from offensive efficiency. The Raiders are only 22nd in offensive efficiency. They're 19th in EPA play, 24th in success rate, 24th in early down success rate. They're going to have to deal with the Eagles defense, which is fourth in pass rush win rate. We all know that Derek Carr, he struggles when he sees pressure. His passer rating declines from 108 in a clean pocket to 72.7 under pressure. I think the Eagles are going to be able to generate pressure without blitzing, and that's going to cause problems for this Raiders team. The Raiders are first in explosive pass play rate this year, and I don't see them getting a ton of those explosive pass play plays against this Eagles defense. They only allow an average depth of target of just 6.6 yards, which is the fifth fewest in the NFL. Other side of the ball, the Eagles get, Eagles get back. Lane Johnson on the offensive line. He's going to have time to throw. And I think he's going to put the Eagles in a position to possibly win this game outright. So at plus three, I think there's some value. Yeah, this game is probably my toughest read of the week. And my picks column that comes out on Wednesdays. This is the one game as I was looking at all the lines, I was just like, I, I just don't know. I don't know what the side is on this one. These teams look extremely even to me on both sides of the ball. And, you know, like you said, it feels kind of like a coin flip game. So when it is that close, when you really don't know, it's usually a good idea to take the points. The thing that is giving me some pause is I just don't know how much the metrics actually represent the Raiders because two weeks ago, you know, it, it's, it's the John Gruden thing. Two weeks ago, when stuff was still coming out, the Raiders completely laid an egg in a game that I thought they were going to win big on. And so that really messed up their numbers. Then last week, post Gruden and post moving on from that mess, they had a huge game. You know, they had their best offensive DVOA game of the season by far. You mentioned their big plays. They had seven plays of 25 or more yards against Denver, who I thought was going to be one of the best defenses of the season, got lit up by the Raiders. And we know John Gruden's an offensive guy, uh, but the you know the the Raiders' offense was their best last week without him. And so I'm a little tentative going against the Raiders. Not necessarily that I'm for the Raiders. This just feels like a team. It feels more like it's week two of the Raiders season, and I don't really know what I'm getting from this team yet. So I, am I right to be worried at all about that, or do you think this team is what it looks like? I think it is what it looks like, and I think if them dominating the, the Broncos, it doesn't say a lot to me about this team. And I think we got to remember it's a week-to-week league. There's a reason this line is only three and was three and a half, and it's got bet down to three. So I love the Eagles here. I think this is the this is the perfect spot. I think the Eagles go out there and they probably win this game outright. Yeah. Would you play the money line here, or where would you stop on the spread? Would you play it below three? I would definitely play the. I would play the money line. Like if it drops below three, I think you got to play the money line. But I would play the money line now. But I just would. I would sprinkle someone on the money line while taking the three. Yeah, I think both of us do that. So if you, if you are playing one of these underdogs and you think that they can win, it's a good idea to put a little part of your bet on the money line too. Because if you're close enough that the Eagles do cover the three, that means that the only way the Eagles didn't win is either a tie or a lose by one or two points. So you've got a great shot at a win. Basically, basically the only way that they cover and don't win is probably like a last second Raiders field goal for the win or something. So if you're playing the cover, it's a good idea to put part of your bet on the money line. It's a good way to get you know, more bang for your buck on that one. So uh, I like that. Uh, You definitely made a very convincing case for the Eagles. So I think as I make my final picks later this weekend, I am definitely leaning toward them at this point. Uh, Up next is favorite favorite. That is exactly what it sounds like. My favorite play of the week. That is a favorite already. 
I do not like very many favorites this week. I am on with a lot of underdogs this week. It's been a very favorite heavy last couple of weeks, and it just feels like some of these lines are getting inflated. The one that I still love that we've talked about, I think on three straight podcasts, now I'm going to make the exact same pick. Kansas City Chiefs at the Titans. This line right now is at four and a half. I recommended it to you at minus three last Friday on the look ahead. I played it again at three and a half on Sunday night on the hot read on Monday's podcast. It moved up to five and a half. And I was afraid that we're going to lose the value. It might get to six or seven. And then it might just kind of, you know, get hit that key number and lose it. But we're back down a little bit. I love the Chiefs. I love the Chiefs in this spot. We've talked about this game a lot. The Titans defense is not good. The Titans defense got even worse on Monday night when they lost half of their cornerbacks to injury reserve. And so I don't know what the Bills were thinking. I'm all for being aggressive at the end of games and going for the win, but the Titans had no cornerbacks, you know, like Josh Allen was doing anything he wanted. That is the one spot where I might've just gone to overtime and been like, you're not going to stop us. So when we touch the ball, we're going to score a touchdown on you. Uh, but the Chiefs are going to score a lot. The Titans are number 28 in DVOA defensively, number 27 against the pass there. The Chiefs have a huge special teams advantage. The other thing, too, is I'm not worried about the Chiefs offense at all. Number two in DVOA, they're the second most pass-heavy offense in neutral downs. They're averaging over a quarter of an EPA per play on passing downs, which leads the league. They are ridiculous on third down, almost 15% over third down expectation. They're 71% in the red zone. And the the 29% there is pretty much turnovers. They keep having all these like awful luck turnovers. They've had these wonky interceptions. They've only recovered two of their seven fumbles. So that's bad luck. The Chiefs have faced the fifth hardest schedule. The offense is fine. The defense was actually a little better last week uh, with Thornhill in there instead of Sorensen. That was a big step up. I like the Chiefs a lot here. Titans are on a short week coming off an emotional win. They're missing their cornerbacks. I know Derrick Henry, he can do a lot of stuff, but Patrick Mahomes can do a lot of stuff too. So I I just got to keep recommending the Chiefs here. I'm with you on this um, 100%. I mean, first things first, you already mentioned the cluster injuries that the Titans suffered at cornerback. They have other injuries too. Left tackle Taylor Juan is in the concussion protocol. Julio Jones didn't practice with a hamstring injury. And then the Chiefs are fortunate to welcome back defensive end Chris Jones, cornerback Tavares Ward. So this is a great spot to back the Chiefs. And then, and I always ask myself, what would this line be if, the Titans didn't win that game. And I think this is going to be probably one of the biggest public underdogs of the week because everybody saw on Monday Night Football the Titans go out there and win that game and, and do what they had to do to beat Buffalo, who's probably one of the best teams in the AFC. And this line is actually dropping. Like, there's some fives in the market on this game. So I really like I love the Chiefs. Yeah, I remember back in week one when the Titans played the Cardinals offense and what was it, like 38 to 13 or something? Like, the game just completely got away from them. I would not be surprised to see that that sort of result here from this game. I will say this, though. Titans have been a very slow starting team, but they're, they're number 24 in first half DVOA, but number five in second half. The longer this game stays competitive, if it does, I don't think it will. I think the Chiefs just open it up and, and win big. But if it stays competitive, if it's close later, the more Derrick Henry's in play, the better Derrick Henry gets late in games. So if it does stay close and this Chiefs thing is just not working, I may look to buy out of the spot and grab a Titans money line. And I know that sounds crazy because, you know, it's close. You should trust Patrick Mahomes. But the way that the Chiefs defense has looked and the way that Derrick Henry has been late in games, 
I may keep an eye on that if it's close, but I don't think it'll be close. I think the Chiefs win uh, pretty convincingly here. All right, uh, up next is a little segment that we are calling Tease Me, Please Me. So Raheem puts out his best teaser each week. And the last couple of Fridays, we told you a little bit more about teaser strategy. So make sure to listen back on those episodes if you haven't heard yet. Raheem, what two teams are you teasing this week? Okay, we're going to go to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to tease that up from plus three to plus nine, crossing off those key numbers in six and seven. I already broke down why I like the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to break down why I like the New England Patriots. I'm teasing them. That's the second leg of my teaser. We're going to tease that down from seven to minus one. Crossing off those key numbers of seven, six, and three is under a field goal. If this line were to go up to, let's just say, nine, you don't want to tease down from nine to three. Actually, a good teaser leg this week is now the Green Bay Packers. With that line actually gone from 10 down to seven and a half. That's a good teaser leg. But this teaser for this podcast, we're going to go with New England Patriots. Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots, Jets, Patriots. Played, these two teams played in week two, and Zach Wilson finished 19-33, 210 yards, four interceptions, and somehow there was only a one-point adjustment on this spread. Bill Belichick is dominant against rookie quarterbacks. He's 21-6 and six against rookie quarterbacks. This Jets offense is downright abysmal, dead last in EPA per play, third different success rate. I don't know if anything changes on that end from the Jets. However, when I look at the Patriots, it didn't feel like they played their best game in week two. They were just three or 12 on third down. And it was only Mac Jones' second start. Mac Jones, he threw no touchdown passes. He completed 20 of 22 of 30 passes for 186 yards. But that was his lowest output of the season. So I felt like they kind of protected Mac Jones in that situation. But they don't have to do that as much. We've seen Mac Jones go out there and create plays. He's... he's almost had game-winning drives against the Patriots and the Cowboys, games that they probably should have won, but things just didn't work out. I'm just projecting a better offensive performance from the Patriots, and I see a similar defensive performance from the Patriots as well. So they do enough to get this win. So New England Patriots, minus seven down to minus one. Philadelphia Eagles, plus three up to plus nine. Yeah, I like that. I think there are a lot of interesting teasers this week because – with all of these underdogs in play, and I think out of 10 picks I've made, I'm on seven underdogs right now. Uh, so if you already like an underdog and then you're getting, you know, adding six points onto that, that can add some real value there. But two of the favorites that I do really like as teasers are the two that you said, the Patriots and the Packers. I'm a little worried about the Patriots spread just because I think that this is such a sure thing win for Belichick that we've seen in those games. He just kind of shuts things down and he just, he just lets the clock run out and just gets the win and goes home. And I don't know if they necessarily win by seven because they don't have to. They're just going to do their thing and get out of there. But they are going to get the win. It's a home game. They've got a good defense. And we know what he does against, you know, the rookie quarterbacks, like you said. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. I loved the Washington points early in the week when I was up at nine or ten. There's too many points. But now that it's low, I still don't know if I love the spread either side, but it's a great spot to grab the Packers. Aaron Rodgers at home as a favorite, nearly invincible in these spots. So it's a definitely, a, you know, you've got to watch these lines moving up and down as they kind of move in and out of those teaser ranges like we talked about. So, uh, yeah, the, interesting. The Patriots and Eagles are two of the games I waited on this week with my picks, but I like teasing them here because it's where I'm leaning on both sides. Then you get the extra points as well. 
Interesting thing, the Jets only scoring 2.6 points per game in the first half this year. That's the dead last among <laughs> NBA NFL teams. The next the next worst is the Detroit Lions at 5.5. So I think this is a game that could probably could get away from the Jets right away. I actually like the Patriots on the spread at six and a half. I think it's up to seven now. So I'm not as cre- I'm not as in love with it, but I think you can tease it down and you'll be fine. Yeah, that's, as, as some of these games, like both of these have been floating right around key numbers all week. So a teaser is a good way to get away from the key number. If, if you're not really sure about it and you can tease it and get those extra points, then it you know, buys you through some of those tough spots anyway. All right, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor before we make a few more picks here. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. That's sync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, up next is our upset special. That is my favorite money line underdog of the week. We finally missed our first one of the season when the Seahawks came up short on Sunday night. We were in there, we had a chance, but you know, Geno Smith still 506 on the season. I almost went back to the well on Seattle for a second straight week in another primetime straight game or another primetime game. We got two in a row with Geno Smith, hashtag blessed. So happy to get him in our lives more, but I'm going to stay away. I'm going to take the Sunday night game again, though. I think this is maybe three straight Sunday night games for me on my upset special. And I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. I've seen them as, as high as plus 184 on the money line, visiting the San Francisco 49ers. Look, we've seen by now Kyle Shanahan, You back him as an underdog. You fade him as a favorite. Shanahan as a favorite is only 8-20-1 against the spread. So he is not covering these. That is a 29% cover rate. So that is a rough spot for him. We need more than the cover. We need to win. Uh, But this line is a little inflated. It's about 4.5 right now for the 49ers. This is another spot where I feel like these teams are really pretty even. The Niners are coming off the bye week. So that does favor them. They had a chance to get healthy. They needed this early bye week and get some health. But the Colts are getting healthy, too. The Colts are finally getting some of their guys back in the lineup. Carson Wentz quietly playing pretty well this season, not turning it over, taking care of the ball, making some plays, giving them a chance late. I had to say, as a diehard North Dakota State fan, 
I had this game circled on my calendar from the time it came on the schedule. This was the chance to see my guys, plural, Carson Wentz and Trey Lance, go head-to-head on national TV. I'm a little bitter that it doesn't look like we're going to get Lance here, that we're probably getting Jimmy Garoppolo. I think this is on Jimmy because the Colts' run defense has been stellar this season. Their pass defense, not so much. They're they're banged up right now. The secondary has been very beatable. They're allowing 56% success rate against the pass, which is dead last. So if the 49ers had a quarterback that could actually make those passes and take advantage, and if they had a coach who believed in their quarterback to do that, then that would be a really nice advantage in this matchup. But I don't trust the Niners to do that. Wentz is playing well. Jonathan Taylor leads the league in rushing yards or expectations, so that run game is getting going and opening up the play action. Colts have been a little better on the road. The Colts are better in the second half, so the longer this stays close, the more I like them. Plus 184 is an implied 35% chance. So basically that's one out of three, and I just I don't see that the Niners should win. If they play this game three times, I don't know why the Niners should win two of those three every time. Seems like a close game that's going to come down to you know, a late game situation or a toss up. I think I trust Carson more than I trust Jimmy G right now in that spot. So I'm going to play the numbers, take a chance on the Colts to get another Sunday night upset here. What do you think? It's so interesting. I think this is the most I've agreed with you all year. I actually have this in my, um, my contest as well. I'm not a big trends guy, but one of the trends I saw is that roll underdogs are six points or less or 25 and nine, 73.5 against the spread this season. This just feels like an ideal spot for Carson Wentz in the, the Colts. They've been playing really good football. They won two out of the last three games. They probably should have beaten the Ravens as well. The, the 49ers are just 26 in dropback success rate. And you look at the loss of cornerback Jason Verrett in week one, the struggles of Emmanuel Mosley, Lenore, and Kawhi Williams, who's going to return from a calf injury, injury this week. I don't see this as a team who's really shutting down the pass in the, in the, in the ways that they have in the past. So I think Carson Winston is, is close offense is going to be able to score. Jimmy G is supposed to return, but he hasn't been particularly great this season. He's going to be without George Kittle. I just think this line is too high. Like I, I, I know you like the, the, the money line, but like this line is rising to plus four and I don't actually understand it. Like, so I would grab some plus four in addition to the money line. I do like the money line. Yeah, I would too. And I'm seeing even four and a half at some books. I don't understand why it's rising either. So yeah, I I feel a little better about the spread play than the money line. I think this is a field goal game. Um, And and even this season, like the two is almost as much of a key number as the three, the way these extra points and two point conversions are going. So I definitely don't want to play only the money line. I'm probably going to split my bet and go half and half here. Something like that. Like we talked about earlier. So yeah, listeners, Raheem and I, when we do agree, it doesn't happen often. When we do, it usually means very good things for you. Maybe, you know, basketball is back. Maybe we're syncing up again now that basketball is back in our lives. But when Raheem and I get on the same page with picks, usually we have a very strong track record with with, uh, both of those on the same page. So a lot of agreement here. Let's wrap up with our our favorite new segment, The Look Ahead. Hot Rock! So as you know, on Mondays, Raheem and I hot read the games for the following Sunday, but on Fridays, while everyone else is focusing on this weekend, we are already looking ahead to next week's games to grab some early value, value that might not be there Sunday night. These lines are moving a lot on Sundays, more than you would expect. So Raheem, who are you liking for next week's look ahead? 
I like the Washington football team plus four. I think there were some four and a half in the market earlier, but this line doesn't make any sense to me. This Broncos team has just been in a complete tailspin since their first couple of games. And they're playing the Cleveland Browns tonight. They're underdogs against a, against a Cleveland Browns team that just doesn't have anybody in the lineup. They don't have their quarterback. They don't have the starting running backs. They're missing tackles. They're missing – like, it, literally everybody's missing, and the Broncos are still underdogs. So what makes them four-and-a-half-point favorites over the Washington football team? I have this line closer to a pick than anything. When you look at this Broncos,